If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Well, good evening, friends. Welcome. Good to see you here, and it's good to be talking to all the millions of you who are listening in on the Internet. So, there you go. Welcome to this Gemini Festival meditation meeting. Every month when the moon is full and the incredible light and life of the sun is reflected directly onto the earth. And for this reason, each of the 12 full moons marks a spiritual festival, providing an auspicious time for human beings to approach higher realms of soul and spirit. And for the potencies and beings that constitute the soul and spirit themselves to approach humanity. Month after month sees an ebb and flow of spiritual energies. The full moon becomes a peak time of approach and of contact, followed by the new moon when that higher alignment can be brought right down into the incarnated world of time and space. This pulse of alignment, with its possibilities of approach and expression, can be likened to the rhythm of the breath of the Lord of the world, breathing life into its great work of transforming the earth and all that lives upon the earth, so that this may become a sacred planet. In a treatise on white magic we read, God breathes and his pulsating life emanates from the divine heart and manifests as the vital energy of all forms. It flows, pulsating in its cycles throughout all nature. This constitutes the divine inhalation and exhalation. Between this breathing out and the breathing in comes a period of silence and the moment for effective work. If disciples can learn to utilize these interludes, they can then release the prisoners of the planet, which is the objective of all magical work performed during this world period. That's from White Magic on page 512. If disciples and people of spiritual inclination, the seekers and servers in the world from all paths and traditions, can learn to utilize these interludes, then they can play their part in releasing the prisoners of the planet, all who are imprisoned by materialism and the veils that hide the real, which in some way or other, really in some way, is all of us. The Lord of the world needs, depends upon people, human beings to play our part in his work. And humanity is only now truly beginning to wake up to its potential role in the grand redemptive process of evolution and transition into Aquarius. 
The full moons and the new moons are like interludes between the breathing in and the breathing out of the Lord of the world. And in this sense, they can be approached as moments of profound silence. So with this in mind, we might pause, figuratively enter into that silence or approach that silence and sound together the most ancient of prayers, the Vedic and the Buddhist mantra, the Gayatri. We'll use the adaptation of the translation by W.Q. Judge. It's, it's a unique translation that's found in the Alice Bailey books. And there's a copy of the card on your chair. O thou who givest sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed, to whom all things return. Unveil to us the face of the true spiritual sun, hidden by a disk of golden light, that we may know the truth and do our whole duty as we journey to thy sacred feet. It's an interesting aside that this translation of the Gayatri was used in a 1993 song, Lily, I don't know if any of you know it, by a British pop star, Kate Bush. The song is dedicated to a friend of Bush's, the late Lily Cornford, a healer and founder of the Maitreya School of Healing in London. Cornford drew much of her inspiration from the teachings in the Alice Bailey books, particularly the esoteric healing book. And the song begins with Lily Cornford reciting the Gayatri. Um, you can watch the video, you can listen to it, but you can watch the video on YouTube. It's worth watching. Each full moon represents a higher interlude in the spiritual life of humanity and the planet, signifying a pause between the in-breath and the out-breath of the one in whom we live and move and have our being. Within the annual cycle of 12 festivals, three, Aries, Taurus, and Gemini, or when the sun is in Aries, Taurus, and Gemini, three form the higher interlude for the year, forming an annual point of silence preceding an emanation of energy that nourishes the work of the soul within humanity for the remaining nine months. Interludes are central to the meditation process in Raja Yoga. During the higher interlude, there's a period of active, positive listening, invocative listening, when spiritual impression is actively and consciously invited. The mind of the divine can impress the soul and be transmitted to the waiting, alert, and attentive mind of the meditator. Whereas during the lower interlude, the active, creative mind seeks to embody this higher impression in concrete thought forms and plans for service in the world. 
And so today we stand on the threshold of the moment of climax of the higher interlude of the year, just before the Gemini full moon. The subjective tension of Waysak is about to be released in the Christ's festival. There is a supreme alignment or relationship between the three major centers of the planet, Shambhala, hierarching humanity, with all of the focus and attention on humanity. Not surprisingly, then, this festival is also known as the Festival of Humanity, the Festival of Unification and of Goodwill. At Gemini, a blessing is released from the Christ, nourishing the growing seed of the humanity that we're in process of becoming. Exactly who we are becoming is something of a mystery. As we work in faith, the future unfolds and becomes clear. But what we do know is that the human species will and is becoming differently oriented. It will be characterized increasingly by a simple, humble quality of goodwill, the most basic expression of good-heartedness, love expressed in action that can transform the quality of relationships in simple, most basic ways. It's this humble quality that is becoming and will be the outstanding note of small communities, of towns and big cities all over the planet. Communities of goodwill, drawing on the leadership and emanations of a nucleus of servers who themselves are on a path to develop the more concentrated quality of the will to good. Goodwill can only flourish in the larger community to the extent that the will to good is carefully developed among spiritually inclined servers in all the professions, the arts and sciences, as well as in the circles of meditation and prayer that are popping up in all sorts of forms throughout the world. The Ellis Bailey books speak of a ritualized event covering four days of the Gemini full moon. We're told that this first took place after the ending of the Second World War in June 1946. And that timing's important because the ending of the second because the ending of the war marked an important stage in the defeat of forces of concentrated separateness and hatred. Since that time, the task has been to develop and grow social structures and patterns of wholeness and sharing. During this festival, the living, radiant Christ is said to stand in a secret, hidden region of Central Asia with an assembly of beings of light, members of the United Ashrams of the Spiritual Hierarchy. We might picture them now in our mind's eye. As students of the Alice Bailey teaching, there can be a tendency to think of these enlightened beings solely in terms of the masters of the wisdom of the theosophical tradition. Yet D.K. encourages us to expand this understanding of hierarchy to include all the enlightened beings honored in all cultures and traditions, affirming that this assembled hierarchy of light is today guiding humanity in its path towards a more inclusive and humane consciousness. In Alice Bailey's account, something specific has been occurring during the Gemini full moon every year since 1946. The thinking, the being, and the aura of the Christ and the assembled masters, saints, and rishis 
has become saturated by this time in the three festivals with the essence of the blessing delivered by the Buddha during the preceding Waisak festival a month ago. That blessing has been held by the world's teacher, the Christ, during an extended interlude that might be visualized as a most profound, as a held silence. During this period from Waisak to Gemini, the Buddha's blessing might be thought of as penetrating every subtle cell of the heart of God. And now during four days of the Gemini full moon, the Christ, together with the assembled hierarchy, undertakes a series of ceremonies designed over time to prepare all people everywhere for a coming revelation and the restoration of the mysteries which will include a new, still unknown, Aquarian focus. Our participation and visualization of these ceremonies needs to draw on the intuition. For one thing, we're given only the barest details. And we're not told, for example, exactly when these five days are in relation to the full moon. Possibly there's one day before the day of the full moon, the day itself and the day after, followed by what's referred to as a climaxing day. Or maybe there's two days before the day of the full moon and the following day. We just don't know. And we don't really need to know. What is known is that we are asked to observe the heightened subjective tension, the sacredness of the entire period surrounding this full moon, always holding in mind the livingness of the Christ and the livingness of humanity, together unified as one interlocking whole. So rather than trying to imagine the specifics of some arcane hierarchical ceremony, we can identify with the key notes, the sounds and the qualities that pour into humanity from these ceremonies. This is the really esoteric nature of DK's teaching. He does give us certain information, but his whole focus is on the note and the sound. So on the first day of the cycle of these ceremonies, we're told that the note or sound is one of love in its hierarchical sense. This is love free from sentiment, emotion, and personal emphasis. Love that works on behalf of the whole and not in the interests of any group or individual. We might think of this as a saving force, that's been pouring into humanity year after year, decade after decade, for a little over 70 Gemini full moons. On this first day, the Christ, on his own, sounds the great invocation. In 1946, when this ceremony was, was first performed, this final version of the great invocation that we know was new, at least to human minds and hearts and to our ears. It had been first released in Easter a year earlier in 1945, but now it is well anchored in the human psyche, and it's especially important for us to listen interiorly with attention and to be present to the invocation so that we can be in touch with its full freshness and livingness. We might imaginatively hear it being sounded by the Christ during these days of this Gemini full moon. 
And on this first day of the cycle, after the invocation has been sounded by the Christ, the assembled hierarchy is said to sound just the first stanza, invoking light from the point of light within the mind of God. And on this first day of the cycle, those of us in the world who have an interest in the work of triangles and world goodwill, we're advised to have these movements in mind as we sound the first stanza. Now this is useful because it helps to concentrate our thought on the unification, the merging of the light of hierarchy and the Christ with the light of creative activity in humanity, taking triangles and world goodwill as a symbol of human activity. Let light descend on earth, finding expression through human action such as the triangles of light and goodwill that we energize every day, and the educational activities of all well goodwill programs that are designed to seed and nurture and foster reflection on thought forms of solution to world problems, on really thinking through the essence of what the solution to problems is. On the second day of the cycle, the note of resurrection flows from hierarchy. Resurrection emphasizes livingness, the living Christ, and the life more abundant. Resurrection of the human spirit and the spirit of all the kingdoms of nature is, we're told, the objective of the entire evolutionary process. It involves liberation from materialism and separateness. This is exactly what our historical time is about. It's about humanity emerging from the death of an old civilization, a civilization that's played its role, done its part, and is ending, moving into the clear light of the resurrection life. The note of resurrection is sounded throughout the ethers on the second day of this Gemini full moon, when again the Christ sounds the full great invocation, followed by the hierarchy this time sounding the second stanza, invoking love. And those of us in incarnation who are doing this work are asked to pay special attention to the group of world servers while sounding the second stanza. And then on the third day of the cycle, the keynote is one of contact, of a closer relation between Christ and his people, between hierarchy and humanity. This is an interesting keynote to reflect on. The spiritual life grows and matures in some ways in terms of progressive unfolding contacts with the soul, with a group of servers that we're associated with, with the livingness of the Christ and the livingness of the plan. For some, such contact may be real and alive, even though not registered in the physical brain. It's something to ponder how that can be true. Our natural orientation of human beings is to think of a spiritual contact reaching us personally and being noticed in the brain, or even of a contact being recognized by humanity as a whole. 
but we're advised to consider the keynote of contact as sounded and experienced by the Christ and hierarchy. This is something quite different. In other words, of the Christ taking the initiative to establish a closer magnetic rapport with his people, with humanity, the human that we know so very well. During this festival, Christ reaches out, or should we say, reaches into the mind and heart of the human. And it's interesting that one of the dictionary definitions of contact is a connection for the passage of an electric current from one thing to another. On this third day, the Christ intones the complete sound of the great invocation. This is again followed by hierarchy, this time sounding the third stanza, invoking the purpose which the masters know and serve, and again giving special attention to the work of triangles and world goodwill. And then following these three days of invocation, there's a climaxing fourth day when the hierarchy led by the Christ unitedly sounds the full invocation. And as they do so, each stanza of the invocation is preceded by its appropriate keynote. What these notes are, we're not told, which is probably a very good and wise thing. But there is a comment by D.K. which is a good guide for our imagination. If a very large number of the new group of world servers were brought together, their united OM might approximate the appropriate keynote. We don't need to be overdramatic in our expectations of the waves of light and love and will that pour into humanity during the period of the Christ festival. After all, its primary effect is esoteric, it's hidden, producing long-term, subtle and unseen results in the mind and heart, only really seen when one looks back over decades. We might imagine the blessing released into the atmosphere of human thinking having some dispelling effect on the veils of illusion that lead human beings to think from a perspective of separation. Imagine how a blessing like this might subtly disperse some of the emotional veils that lead incarnated humanity to experience life through distorted sensitivities, fears and worries. We should also acknowledge that the potent flow of hierarchical energies during the Christ festival may evoke reaction from forces of materialism. There is, after all, already a spiritual battle underway in human affairs, and those who stand for goodness, beauty, and truth are having to work with a renewed care, focus, and attention to counteract all the confusion of false truth and of selfish materialism, masking, its, masking itself with the language of the good and the beneficent. This is the challenge of the worker in today's world. We might usefully ponder the lighted energies released by the Christ as feeding the tools of discrimination and discernment needed as we try to identify where authentic wisdom and real soul values are building genuine sharing and relationships of wholeness and rightness. 
So far this festival has been mainly considered from the perspective of the Christ and the ashram. But of course it's also important to view it from the human perspective. Abundant energies are released into humanity from the hierarchy and especially via Waisak from Shambhala. But as representatives of humanity, those of us who know about this festival also have an important role to play. For this Gemini festival was the time when large numbers of human beings across the planet are expected to use the same invocation that is used by Christ in the hierarchy. Indeed, the potency of the energy released during this festival depends on both the depth of invocation arising from the human and the breadth, the widespread use of the great invocation by people of goodwill. Remember that this is both the Christ festival and the festival of humanity. It's down to we human beings to ensure that the universal, unceasing human cry to higher forces of light and love and spiritual force purpose, which is usually unconscious, becomes concentrated and focused using the energy formula of the great invocation during this festival. And this is how the Gemini full moon will truly become the festival of humanity. Since 1952, the day has been observed as World Invocation Day. And the vision is for the great invocation to be used widely by people of goodwill from all cultures and all parts of the world. There are initiatives to move this forward, but clearly so much more needs to be done. We'll be interested to know that World Goodwill has had some success this year using Facebook and social media ads, reaching out to spread knowledge about the day amongst tens of thousands of people of goodwill. And in addition, an email announcement that's been sent from New York to 60,000 recipients um, and, five, and mailed to 5,000 people in New York City um, about the day. And it's, we've just seen the stats for the um, email, which is interesting because uh, quite a significant number of people um, actually opened the email, um, which and something like, um, I think, 18% um, of those who, who received it. There are local groups holding special gatherings to celebrate World Invocation Day and other initiatives like a global 24-hour vigil, which starts at 8 o'clock tonight and lasts for around about 24 hours, but throughout the day tomorrow, um, where people sign up online to use the Great Invocation at specific 15-minute intervals, creating a pulse of invocation around the planet every quarter hour during the day of the full moon, which is tomorrow. Yet this day will only truly come into its own as groups around the planet themselves take full ownership and the network of local gatherings, each with their own take on their day, their own unique experience, reach out into the local goodwill community. We can imagine small or large gatherings in schools, temples and religious institutions, galleries and public places. To a certain extent, this was happening and beginning to happen in the 60s and 70s. Now we're in a different time, but there's absolutely no reason not to imagine that we will approach a similar time, this time on a higher level, when again, groups all over the world will take their own initiative 
to bring people in and encourage people to use the great invocation on the stage. The theme is simple and clear, a universal invocation to the forces of divinity, a call across the globe to the powers of light and love, that these may stream forth into human hearts and minds and wills, strengthening humanity's own will to build a world of sharing unity and right relations. Only as more and more of us find our own creative ways of taking responsibility for reaching out to the goodwill networks in our area and inviting participation in a day of invocation, including use of the great invocation together with any other universal invocations that may seem appropriate to the local community, only then will humanity begin to truly play its part in fulfilling the potential of the special festival of goodwill of humanity, of unification, and of the Christ. The festival takes place in the sign of Gemini. And the keynote we'll be using for meditation is, I recognize my other self, and in the waning of that self, I grow and glow. This keynote beautifully epitomizes the challenge and the opportunity of the sign using the consciousness of duality to foster fusion and oneness. The keynote speaks of two selves, I, the divine self, and I, my other self, the personality. In most modern spiritual approaches, duality tends to be viewed from the perspective of the incarnated personality, with a focus on its sense of being cut off or separated from the higher self. The keynote subtly changes this approach and gives us a different perspective. For duality is viewed from the perspective of the divine self, the I who recognizes the personal self as my other self, and who grows and glows in response to the waning of that other self. From a humanistic perspective, this might easily be seen, and indeed it often is experienced, as a source of repression, suppression, and denial of the personal self. But in truth, the waning of the personal self has nothing whatsoever to do with suppression or denial. This only comes from a misunderstanding of the higher self, as if it were something of a judge, critical of the incarnated self critical of its other self. Yet the reality is that the divine self is by its nature a center of love, freely choosing to incarnate into veils of maya, glamour, and illusion with a purpose of ultimately parting these veils and letting in the light. The soul observes the personal self with understanding and love, and with a measure, an appropriate measure of will to work at the parting of the veils. The waning of the other self refers to the gradual development of true self-forgetfulness, a quality that can only come as the point of identity begins to move away from the incarnated self and to become increasingly absorbed in the divine self not as a separate aspect of self, but as the core of a selfhood that includes both higher and lower, 
as one self. The Mundaka Upanishad presents a beautiful way of understanding duality. Two identical birds who are eternal companions perch in the same tree. One eats the sweet fruit of the tree. The other, a bird of joy, watches on. Both make up the dualistic reality of the individual, the tree with the two birds. Union comes through detachment from identification with the bird who eats the fruit and attachment to the bird of joy who watches with love. True personality detachment only comes through increasing attachment to the soul within all forms and an ability to observe oneself and others from the viewpoint of the bird of joy, always remembering that in this Upanishad story the two birds are identical and eternal companions. I recognize my other self, and in the waning of that self I grow and glow. Two selves. Just before we move into meditation, it's helpful to recall what's happening in the world during this Gemini full moon. This has been throughout these three festivals such a time of momentous events. Today Britain is absorbed in a critical election. and We might affirm the call that for the people of the United Kingdom. Let the results of this day allow the soul to take a step forward in controlling the life of the nation during a particularly stressful and tense time. Here in the United States, important developments have been taking place today, forming part of a significant crisis playing itself out in the affairs of the nation. And so again, let us affirm that for the people of this country, our call is for the soul to take a step forward in controlling the life of the nation. And in the global arena, it's important to note that today is World Oceans Day on the United Nations calendar, and throughout this week, the governments of the world have been gathered together at UN headquarters here in New York with environmental groups, business groups, professionals and academics in a major, very significant international ocean conference. This event is a sign of the way in which the energies of the Christ are working out in human affairs in spite of resistance from some quarters, to plan for effective cooperation and sharing by all of the world's peoples in achieving the various 17 Sustainable Development Goals. Human history has never, ever seen anything like this before. In this case of this Oceans Conference, the whole theme of the conference is Sustainable Development Goal number 14, which is conserve and sustainably use the oceans, seas, and marine resources for sustainable development. The oceans are dangerously overfished and polluted by waste. The conference aims to come up with practical cooperative actions that over time will reverse this trend. 
And it's also worth noting that this week is being observed by groups around the world as Global Sharing Week, promoting recognition of the sharing economy that's developing in so many ways through websites and social media, where people give away goods and services that they no longer need. Last year, over 220 events were held in 70 cities in every continent during the week. Events included such basic, simple actions. Clothes swaps, food shares, recycling events, anything to share skills, knowledge, time, goods, and food. To me, in a way, these simple acts are signs of the taste of goodwill in communities. So... On the eve of the spiritual festival that is the Christ's own unique festival, as well as humanity's festival, let us affirm that a newly oriented humanity is in process of being born. That it is being born through the will to good, the creativity and the love of service human beings throughout the globe. And that overshadowing this birthing, watching and participating in the process, is the Christ and the hierarchy of enlightened beings. So we'll work together in meditation using this three spiritual festivals meditation outline, letting in the light. Group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the new group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy 
and we extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. The higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energy streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay.
reflect on the seed thought for the Christ and the Unification Festival. I recognize my other self, and in the waning of that self, I grow and glow.
precipitation using the creative imagination visualize the energies of light love and will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest As we visualize, use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, a group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, physical centers of distribution. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram and together sound the affirmation. In the center of all love I stand. From that center I, the soul, will outward move. From that center I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy, streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. And consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. from the center where the will of God is known. Let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.
So friends, we can hold this note. The full moon is at nine minutes past nine tomorrow morning. Our time here in the Eastern Daylight Time. Um, and this weekend we can hold in mind and keep this flow linking with the Arcane School Conference, the third and final phase of the school conference, which will take place in London, which is, we can all watch it um, on video online, um, with a keynote, let the group evoke the Shambhala force and demonstrate a new and potent livingness. And demonstrate and demonstrate with new and potent livingness. The next meeting here will be on Friday, June the 23rd, at between 6 and 7, for the New Moon Alignment. And there will be a special reflection on the relationship between mass consciousness and group consciousness. I think it's going to be a very interesting discussion. So thank you, friends. Good evening. Remember, tomorrow is World Invocation Day, so the more you can use the Great Invocation, just visualize it, imagine it, being sounded around the planet. It's good. What's involved in getting involved in the arcane school? Um, crystal voice. <laughs> Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.